Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Ed, Captain Keith, Captain Dennis, even Tom Haynes from AOPA, who's a captain as well. We got a full crew here to navigate the latest aviation news and information on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Now, first up, I got to get Ed on because we are practicing social distancing, but uh, Ed is actually in his car right now waiting on a dentist. (laughs) Is that what's going on, Ed? What are you doing exactly? Well, yeah, EJ's got an appointment, so I'm I'm chauffeur today. You're chauffeur, okay. Gotcha. Yes. All right, so... uh, Flight and then school. I get to go to Publix, yeah. which is even more exciting. Oh, you get to go to the grocery store, do you? Oh, wow. It mm-hmm. is a jam-packed day in the uh, Captain Ed uh, household today, evidently. Dentist yes. and, and groceries in one day. You are a, you, uh, I don't know, you're a risk taker, evidently, out there in the, in the real world. Uh, but, but I imagine you're covered up and, well, at least socially isolated from me, right? That's the important part. Right. Of course it is. All right. So flight training professionals uh, not operating right now like everybody else. Everything's shut down. But you guys are managing. You're doing some other stuff today. Uh, wh- what has been on your radar there, Ed? How, do, how are you managing? Are you still talking to your uh, students and trying to maintain as much as you can or what? Actually, I, we're still enrolling students. I know Keith uh, spent some time with uh, a person uh, yesterday and getting them started on the ground training. I just enrolled a CFI applicant. She's going to start her ground training tomorrow. So we're still moving along with, with those type of things as best we can using zoom and right. uh, had a great seminar uh, earlier this week uh, that uh, I had about 28 people on, uh, you know, customers are, we, we, we uh, called it ask, ask a DPE. So I talked a little bit about scenario based questions on oral exams and, and uh, just answer questions uh, for people about what the flight test was going to be like. Okay. And, uh, you know, we've been doing seminars like that, and we've had some really good good attendance uh, on them from our customers. And uh, and then we've been working with instructors to enhance them. Uh, spent some time today working uh, with uh, our newest instrument instructors. I've got about six of them I was putting through uh, the standardization training. So and we're talking about uh, the good old-fashioned DOR intercepting, which uh, – uh, that uh, was kind of fun to, to get back into into that stuff. So we've been making use of the time as best we can. All right. Well, excellent. Now, uh, Tom Haynes uh, from AOPA, is that the typical kind of MO you're hearing from a lot of flight schools across the country when they call you guys up and ask for guidance? What do you think, Tom? Yeah, that's, uh, we're, we're hearing a lot of that sort of thing where they're uh, actually flight schools in a lot of cases are doing a, a great job of leveraging online content, uh, both uh, stuff they're creating and pointing them to like our air safety Institute uh, materials as a way for pilots to stay proficient. We do not know a lot of flight schools are conducting ground schools virtually using zoom and things like, uh, like Ed's talking about mm-hmm. um, get a lot of questions uh, about the, you know, legality of it. Are flight schools considered essential service or not? Um, and it, uh, you know, it depends somewhat on, on your state and also then can you maintain more importantly, 
um, social distancing. Of course, in a light airplane, the general answer is no. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so then you've got to make up your own mind about um, whether or not that's a safe thing to do. And what what your local health department typically comes down to a lot of cases, the county health department uh, saying what you can and can't do in situations like that. So we've uh, our legal team has been engaged uh, on a number of occasions by trying to offer advice best they can to flight schools about uh, you know what's acceptable and what's not. But a lot of gray area out there. Of course, most of this has never been tested before from a legal standpoint. So it's hard to give exact information. Right. Well, what's the best uh, argument you can present to make uh, flight schools an essential service? Just, <laughs> just in case we can uh, play that card to the authorities and say, hey, what are you doing over there? Right. Well, if you look at the at, your, at the uh, typically state level uh, website uh, that that kind of is is publishing the information that people need to look at about what's an essential service, what's not an essential service, for the most part, aviation related activities, maintenance shops for sure, mm-hmm. are included as essential activities. Flight schools, depending on the state, get into kind of a gray area of whether or not that's an essential service or not. But even in a case where you can make the case where it is essential. Then you still have to deal with your local health department who, who says that social distancing is required. And then what are you going to do in your typical? Uh, I, I've got a solution for that, Tom. When yeah. we start up operations, we are going to have the perfect social distancing training airplane. It's called a PT-17 Stearman. <laughs> it's a part in that airplane and it's open air. So if they cough, you know, the, the germs just go into the air. Ah, there you go. Yeah, right. that's a great that's a great primary trainer for uh, a few generations ago. That, you came up with a creative solution. Well, how could they argue <laughs> with that? Now, uh, Keith, I got to ask you: uh, when it comes to social distancing and incorporating these, uh, you know, the technology like Zoom meetings and you know, uh, doing classes and, and training through the computer, uh, are you going to keep those in place for students like me, so you don't have to be near me? Is that something you see as a future, you know, element that's going to stay put there maybe in the flight training uh, uh, syllabus? I I think we are going to keep it there. Um, Not just for me, but for everybody, right? Or will it just be primarily for you? Right. Okay. Uh, But then we'll, we'll also incorporate it into some people, you know, that if it's a really bad weather day or something, instead of coming in, Hey, we'll just do a zoom ground session. Yeah. Right. Are you seeing that a lot too, uh, Tom? Are you getting those kind of, you know, that vibe that this could be a, uh, you know, the new normal when it comes to flight training, you know, training and stuff kind of? Yeah. I mean, I think really even beyond our you know, flight, flight training environment, uh, I think in, in a lot of parts of our lives, things that we used to think we had to do in person, I think that there will be occasions where even when the virus isn't nearly as much of an issue that we'll be, we will be doing it remotely. I mean, I, I typically wasn't much of a Skype user or a Zoom user. And now, of course, in the last, now we're in our sixth week of working from home. Mm-hmm. I become pretty pro- proficient in that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, well, it works pretty well. It's not yeah. perfect by any means. Right. Uh, if we could just remind people to, to, to use their unmute button um, <laughs> and wear pants. <laughs> Shush. That's why well, just, be just, careful. just be careful radio, where you pan, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but our, yeah, there's some... our pastor just did his son's wedding via uh, Skype. Hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. All right. I thought you were going to say your pastor just did the service with no pants on. Yeah, no, no. Well, could have done well, that, too. You don't know. You didn't you don't know see what's under no, those robes. don't know that. <laughs> but he, he, uh, he did do his uh, son's wedding uh, wow. via Skype. 
Well, there so, you go. So it could. So, be so does that thing. mean? Yeah. So that mean when you rent the tux now, you don't have to rent the pants. We'll never know because we can't. The camera doesn't shine uh, the bottom <laughs> half. You know, you, you you can only leave it to people's imaginations. And then uh, yeah. once you get that mental image, you can't unsee it. That's the only That's downside. Right. But regardless, uh, I, I do. I think you know the technology has been forced upon us, but now we're learning how to adapt. And and I think some of these things uh, will be incorporated into how we uh, handle training in the future. And when you have a problem student like me. You know, I know Ed and Keith will uh, insist on using more Zoom-type technology as opposed to being in person. I, I just feel it. Just uh, Maybe it's kind of that, that love connection that we have, but uh, I'm just, I just think it's going to be something that's going to happen more and more, and maybe yeah, even it, for some other it, people besides me. Yeah, if, if we could put the Zoom in the, in the airplane so we can remote in and not have to climb in the airplane with you, I think our insurance rates would go down. Well, there's that. Yeah. And then, you know, if you have any, any problem students that, you know, have uh, body odor issues, you know, this could solve that problem too. Dennis, you've ever had that issue? Uh, no, I, I haven't had that problem. Not, not you, but one of your students. Oh, they oh. Were like, no, not yet. But yeah. uh, I, I did Trust go for me, a flight years will. ago with a student. <laughs> uh, this guy took me up in a little Luscom and he says, you know, you have to come in with a bar of soap and a can of deodorant to reply in this airplane because it was so tight. And he literally opened his glove box and he had a can of spray of right guard in there. Yeah. So you know, I guess you could be, you could be open and honest about it and just take care of it. You know, or you just make a subtle, uh, you know, a comment like, you know what? We don't really have to do this in the plane today. Let's connect via Skype. We'll cover the base. Hey, and you then, know, with, uh, with drone technology in the airplane, you can just sit here and with Skype and have a camera in the plane and the student can be up flying. Sure. That'll work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. But, but if you they know, do that to you, just know it may be because you smell. <laughs> well, there is instruction in single pilot airplanes, right? Gliders and some single pilot airplanes. Uh, so somehow somebody, people figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, what is it? The su- subsonics jet. That's how you have to do your letter of authorization check ride. Right. Uh, it's single pilot with a GoPro and the examiner's on the ground with a pair of binoculars and he's telling you what to do and you do the maneuver and he looks at the flight video later and Okay, I guess you were within limits. Here's your letter. Hmm. Okay. Well, so they were a little ahead of the curve, I guess, or ahead of the corona uh, virus issue. All right. Well, look, we got a lot of stuff to navigate through here uh, today. Uh, so just stick around. We got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. 
Flightstudy.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up. You want to hit back? We're going to have to wingsuit in. It's the only way to get close. I can't promise anyone a ride home, but if you're with me, the world needs you now. I could fly. I could fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along Captain Dennis, Ed, and Keith. And then from AOPA, we also have Tom Haynes, the big kahuna himself, helping us navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right, so we're getting a lot of these uh, press releases and stories that we're seeing online that are coming across our desk to say, you know, if you can fly your plane, you got your, you know, access to your local airport and you're taking advantage of it, that's great. But you definitely got to cross some T's and dot some I's when you're setting up your flight plans, especially if you're considering flying across state lines, because it's a, I don't know, it's a wild, wild west. You never know what you might encounter, and you're getting a lot of these questions, I'm guessing, at AOPA. Am I right, Tom, along those lines, or what? Yeah, and it, it really varies a lot from location to location. I was uh, Mark Baker, for AOPA president, was uh, flying in the Keys, where he's got a place on, a, on a, an airstrip there, and he flew a Super Cub up to Marathon to get some fuel. And uh, they rolled a, a police car and a fire truck up next to the airplane after he stopped and were questioning about where he came from. And once they found out it was just down the beach, it was okay. They were okay with that, but they really yeah. wanted to make sure he wasn't coming uh, across the state line from, say, New York or New Jersey because uh, Florida has really cracked down on people coming from uh, that part of the world in right. particular. Um, but we had another example. I was talking to the CEO of, a, of an avionics company uh, this week, and he um, – lives in Arizona and his company's in uh, New Mexico and uh, he is no longer going into New Mexico because every time he flies his diamond DA 40 across the state line, uh, they challenge him and want a document that basically asks, you know, states why it is that he is uh, flying and crossing the border and then a required 14 day quarantine in New Mexico. If you come from out of the state, uh, but, but we know there are other States uh, where you can fly across borders pretty uh, seamlessly and not really run into Issues, particularly if you're going into small airports, uh, nobody seems to bother. So yeah. it, it very, well, varies a lot. When it comes to Mark Baker, who's the big cheese there at AOPA, I mean, you're saying the local firefighters there in uh, in one of the cities in, in the Keys 
just saw him land and say, hey, what the hell are you doing here? And they were just hanging out and saw the plane or what? Or do we know? No, well, they're, they're apparently stopping everybody who lands uh, and finding out where it is they came from. Now, you know, when you're in a super cup on floats, like Mark is, it's unlikely that you just flew from New York to New Jersey. Right. Um, but I suppose it could happen. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, yeah, I mean, that is a big problem. And this note that some of the states are expecting you to have. Do we have any idea where you get this note? Is it like from the principal at your local school? Do you write it up yourself? I mean, what, <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't know, do we? It's, uh, that's no, what I say. It's like Wild Wild West type stuff, isn't it? Right. Yeah. I mean, you better be able to talk your way out of situations uh, with local authorities, uh, many of whom, of course, don't know a lot about aviation regulations and what's mm-hmm. allowed, what's not allowed. We've had uh, local authorities attempting to close airports. And if it's a publicly owned uh, public use airport, the only only entity that can shut it down is the FAA yeah. or they, they have to actually approve any shutdowns. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that, uh, you know, uh, Bubba, the local sheriff, is going to roll up and shut down your airport. Not, nope, not that's not going to happen. At least uh, they might try it and they have tried in some situations. And then yeah. members will call our legal team and we'll go firing faxes or, or whatever off to some local authorities and saying, no, 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 you can't do that. Right. Um, but, but it takes some time. So. But once again, this note that some of the states are asking for, I mean, could you just make it up yourself and put it on a fancy letterhead and make it look yeah. official? I mean, if you can uh, get somebody to, to agree that uh, it looks official and that yeah. you're somebody who has the authority to be making that trip, then more power to you. Yeah, Dennis, don't you got a friend that does like fake IDs or something that we could uh, <laughs> I, I don't, but uh, the state of Hawaii has actually gone so far as to run their forms through the Department of Agriculture, Plants, and Animals and use one of their standard declaration forms, and you have to uh-huh. present it to a checkpoint upon landing. So wow. they're treating it even in a GA flight, just like if you were coming in on an airliner and you know how you have to fill out those forms before you uh, land and say do you have any food fruits plants with you uh so they're doing the same thing Hmm. and they're expecting that you report directly to a designated quarantine location where you're going to stay for 14 days yeah and not move so it really is going to you know potentially limit what we're going to want to do and you know this whole concept of open skies and the faa controlling the airspace uh, we're getting a taste of what would happen if we were to let local uh, governments try to regulate our air travel. Yeah. It'd yeah, be very confusing. Point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder, too, if you, I mean, there's no way for them to know, say, if we took off here in Orlando, Keith, let me let me bring this back to Orlando Executive, and uh, we get access to an airplane, we we fly down, uh, down the east coast of, of Florida, fly down to the Keys. And say we don't land. How do they know when we come back to Orlando? If they're, uh, are they policing there? Even by the way, have you heard of anything there here locally or no? No, they're not doing that okay. uh, at Executive. But so, but but and, like if you flew down to the Keys, say you say if you took off like Mark did, Mark Baker, and you're in Marathon and you take off from Marathon and then you fly up to Miami, and then you come back and fly back into Marathon. Uh, I mean, Tom, what do you, what do you think? Are they like questioning people like that too? Like, how do we know you didn't land in Miami? I mean, how would the local firefighter people know? Are they well, just they, asking they, questions? Uh, yeah, they, well, they don't know for sure. They ask you questions and if they really get curious, they could look at flight aware, uh, or something like that yeah. and see if they can track where it is that that end number registration number has been. And if they see that you've come from out of state, then they're probably going to require you to go into quarantine, which is yeah. what the ones in Florida would have done to Mark if, if they had discovered that he had come from out of state. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a mess. 
So I, I don't know. I, I, what is your recommendation then, Tom, just to stay put and hang around and just fly around your local airport and the people and stay uh, near the people you know? Or is there any recommendation you'd even share? Well, again, uh, depends a lot on what's happening uh, in your local community. Some parts of the country are it's still pretty lax. Others are, are more restricted. But basically, our point is there, there are federal aviation regulations that require pilots. So federally mandated requirements on pilots to maintain a certain level of currency, right? 90 days, uh, flight reviews, those mm-hmm. kind of things. So flight reviews are pretty tough to do right now because of the uh, uh, inability to fly next to somebody. But right. um, as far as maintaining your personal currency, um, you know, our point is that's federally mandated. So you should be able to do that. So, okay, fine. Then the question becomes, you know, I, I would stay inside the state if I could, so you just don't run into any hassles of landing in a separate state. Mm-hmm. But then the question is, that trip from home to the airport and back, is that an essential trip or not? If you're in locations like here in Maryland, where I am, where it's only supposed to be, you know, essential travel, um, although there's a lot of people out on the roads, I got to tell you. Right. Uh, nobody seems to be getting stopped. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you get challenged there, is this a essential trip or not? I would fall back on and say, hey, the federal government requires me to maintain this currency. My 90-day currency is about to expire. And so, therefore, I need to make this flight. Yeah. Or if it's a maintenance flight where uh, maybe you just had something installed uh, or you need to test some piece of equipment, then, again, maintenance flights and maintenance-related activities are allowed. So that would be another way that you might uh, be Look, able to Look, if you're uh, stopped on your way to the airport and you're looking to fly your plane just to stay current, don't even bother mentioning that. Just say you're out of toilet paper. <laughs> They're going to wave you on because like, they don't want to take a whiff anywhere close to you at that point. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm gonna fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio, Gregor, co pilot, that's me along, Captain Dennis, Keith, and from AOPA, we have Tom Haynes. Ed had to leave, he was in his car and evidently was asked to move his vehicle because the police were hassling him or something like, sir, what are you doing here uh, in your car in the parking lot? You can't, you can't is this be- essential? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, obviously he knew it was familiar with the show and knew that it was not. So, uh, we've lost, uh, Ed, at least for now, he'll join us back next week. All right. So with all this, uh, you know, ambiguity, uh, going on with where you can fly your plane, obviously stand put, or, or near your local airport probably is the best advice. But I don't know. I am tempted. And we have Dennis's uh, Mooney 201 to kind of push the envelope a little bit. You're up in Minnesota. You would want to get the hell out of there, wouldn't you? Even It's too cold there now, isn't it? Actually, it's finally hit 70 today. Well, that's just today, though. Yes, it's going to change. Right. But it's warming up. Worst. It's better than it was in March. Yeah, but that won't help us to, you no. know, uh, push the envelope and... You know, if you know, and look, if you flew out of state, it would only be an upgrade. No, I kid. I love everybody in Minnesota. Don't get me wrong. No, I think they would. I think they would agree with you. Oh, you're getting him out of the state. Yeah, better. I mean, if for you're going to get quarantined, you might as well try to get quarantined down in Florida, right? 
Well, that would have been a smart move back in March when instead we decided to pack up and come all the way back home. We could have just stayed down there with you. Mm -hmm. But uh, are you tempted to uh, do such stuff or you got that whole problem with uh, work? Uh, well, there's home. that, yeah. uh, there is that work problem, but then, you know, by going out and moving around, are you complicating the problem? Are you being, you know, uh, s- selfish by going and doing your own thing and potentially putting other people in danger? You know, that's the whole point of the stay at home order. So if we violate that, are we just being jerks? Yeah, bad form is what you're yeah. saying. But it sure would be interesting to go test, you know, go fly state to state and see what kind of response you have and, you know, how people handle it. Is it even an issue? Yeah, just have uh, some good credit. I actually borrow uh, Captain Keith's credit card in case you have to bail yourself out of jail or pay. And get a stamp at every airport. You nah, 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 nah. Yes, I it for that. Yeah, Not yeah. For that. that sounded like a yes to me. All right, we're coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. They might tell you you're on a non-stop flight. <laughs> well, I don't think I care for that. No, I insist that my flight stop. Preferably at an airport. It's those sudden unscheduled cornfield and housing development stops that seem to interrupt the flow of my day. So fly with me. Yeah, fly with me. 30,000 in the skies where you trying to be. I can take you to a place that is so exclusive. It's a view that only me, you, and the pilots see. As the clouds surround us and drown out all the troubles and sadness. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co pilot. That's me, Lala, Captain Keith, Dennis, and from AOPA, we have Tom Haynes helping us uh, navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right, so it's all, uh, you know, kind of up in the air, literally. With uh, where you can go and what you can do, just got to make the best of it. And obviously, uh, doing some continuing education might be the best use of your time uh, online at this point. But if you can fly locally, go for it. If you can figure out a way to do it safely and keep yourself out of jail. But, uh, you know, our recommendations are usually not heeded by anybody with a brain. So, <laughs> I, and I speak for myself, not necessarily the less, uh, the rest of the uh, Just Plain Radio crew. Now, there was another story, though, that we got to address this week that went viral. This uh, was up in uh, uh, Ontario. Is that where this happened? Quebec. Or Quebec. Okay. So, uh, this plane, well, what kind of plane was this that landed on the highway? It was a Piper Cherokee. And, you know, we're supposed to be staying at home, and Canada's got, you know, shelter at home. But from the video I saw, there seemed to be an awful lot of traffic on the freeway outside of Quebec. Awfully lot of uh, uh, traffic, but you watch this video, and I got to say, we got it forwarded uh, forwarded to us from many listeners here, just playing radio. I'm sure they got it there at AOPA as well, Tom. Uh, yep, but this, we did. This plane is uh, the video is pretty remarkable because obviously it must have been flying above the uh, highway for a while because some guy, some guy in a car on his dash cam or something got the whole you know got the entire thing and you see the plane flying above all the airplane or above all the cars on the highway and there's you know the interesting part of it from my perspective was there were a lot of power uh, lines 
uh, right there. And he just kind of plopped that thing right down in the middle of them. Did you notice that catch your eye, Tom? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, highway signs, power lines, and, and he managed to time it just right. Yeah, it, 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 it found a perfect gap between the cars there. I was very impressed. Yes, he he, uh, he merged right in properly. Uh, no blinkers. Well, fortunate, fortunately, that highway is, is quite wide, a yeah. lot wider than what we have here in Florida, that's for sure. Okay, well, all right, there there was that. But, I mean, I thought that was pretty impressive how he, he dropped it down in the, in the middle of those uh, wires. It, it looked a little too scary to me. I don't know if that would have been my first choice of landing in the area, but evidently it worked for him. He laid in the down and just kind of, you know, merged off the interstate and people kind of, they rubbernecked when they, you know, they slowed down like, hey, that doesn't look like a car. Well, okay, I'll keep going. But being, Can- being Canadian, I'm sure they waved friend, friendly-like as, as they drove on by. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Ooh, eh? Yeah, it could have been a little of that. But uh, did you get a lot of uh, comments at AOPA about that whole incident with this guy, or or what do you yeah. know about it? Yeah, no, we had uh, we had we had a lot of people emailing it to us as well, and actually one of our editors did uh, speak with the pilot, and we've got a story on the AOPA website about uh, his his take on it, and that sort of thing. We've also been trying to reaching out to him to try to get some video. Haven't quite uh, done that deal yet, um, but uh, he was uh, able to describe situation to one of our editors and uh, we've got a pretty good story on the website if you're going to go look at aopa.org yes well it you know what what can you tell us from what he you know what's on there i haven't seen it yet so just in a nutshell was he like uh like hey no big deal i was about to land and what the heck this looked like a good place or or was it more like uh holy crap i had to you know change my shorts after this landing yeah, uh, he seemed he seemed pull, pretty pulled together about it. Uh, he he expects that it was carburetor ice um, mm-hmm. that uh, was what causing the, the engine problem that he was experiencing, and uh, um, and he says it cost him about a thousand bucks, I guess, to to get back to, from the from the off ramp to the airport. Really, um, that's some serious toll toll <laughs> so. issues they have there in Canada. I would have never thunk it. Uh, yeah. So he got fined. Is, is that what it was? Or? No, I guess that's what it was costing him. Uh, it was a little unclear about how exactly he got the airplane back to the airport. But, oh, okay. Uh, whether Just, it was trucked right, uh, or whether he's able to taxi it. I don't know how close he was, but uh, anyhow, he, he, he's quoted as saying the trip from the highway off ramp to the airport sent him back to about $1,000, $1, but he, he says, I'm... I'm alive, and there's not even a scratch in the airplane. So well, if you hey, do that, uh, that, that's a pretty good day. You know, I would think that, that is a very good day. And, you yeah. know, that is one of the places where, you know, we're taught that, uh, you, you know, is uh, an option if you run into an emergency, you land on a, you know, on a road, if you can find a way to needle, you know, thread that needle in between power lines and stuff, depending on where you're flying. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that uncommon, I guess, is my point, right? Well, it certainly happens. There's a lot of debate in the pilot community about whether or not uh, pilots should be looking at highways as a reasonable place to land. Fortunately, because of the restrictions, I guess traffic was lighter than normal. But a lot of times freeways, particularly in urban areas, are pretty packed with traffic. And Mm -hmm. pilots debate, you know, is it okay that we should put others at risk because we're having a mechanical uh, bad day? And so maybe we should just cross those off our list and be looking only at other alternatives, some of which may not be very good at all. Right. Uh, and so you have to kind of weigh in that moment, do I want to put others at risk and, and uh, maybe maybe try a highway landing or should I suck it up and fi- and go to a, uh, 
maybe less optimal field or uh, other place to land. Yeah. Now, of course, I know this because, you know, I did training with Ed and Keith at Flight Training Professionals. But since I have Keith here, Keith, what would be the uh, breakdown on an emergency landing option? Uh, A road like that, like a highway would be in uh, in what position and like your top three or five or so? Go ahead. Well, certainly, certainly in the Orlando area where we are, uh, it's going to be your your last option. Uh, our highways are not that wide, and lots of light poles and lots of uh, power lines and so forth right alongside. So, you, and highway signs. So, just wingspan wise, it's not a very uh, big. It's not a. It's not a good choice to go mm-hmm. that route. Yeah. Not to um, mention all the parked cars on the freeway. <laughs> right. Well, depending on what time of the day, yeah, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, th- that video, uh, although the cars went around him after he landed, uh, they did give him some leeway and, and let him touch down and, and slow it down and tax around. And they just kind of went around him like it was part of their day. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you're flying around Orlando area, we don't really have a whole lot of options um, because we our airport is right in downtown Orlando. So we're very, very limited. Yeah, but the first option would be what uh, trees, lake, then road, or what is it again? I mean, I know, but I want you to uh, share it with well, our crew and passengers. Well, <laughs> certainly you're going to try and find an open field someplace first if you can. Yes, of uh, course, we do, right. We do have a couple golf courses uh, that are around us. Uh, the golfing community doesn't like that, mm-hmm. um, and you got to be careful with those because uh, you can have. Uh, since they have different terrain involved in theirs, you may not have one, uh, an area where you can actually get the airplane down in time. Uh, a lot of people think that a, some of the big malls that we have would be a great idea, but they're really not because of the parking curbs and things like that. So hmm. a field is always going to be your first option if you can get there, uh, but can't always get there. Yeah. All right. So field or a flat uh, parking lot or something, if it was big enough like a super Walmart or something that wasn't busy, but then, uh, if you, if you could find one, that's not busy. Yeah. Well, uh, exactly. And they're all 24 hours. Oh, but, but then, then it comes down, you would go well, like, I'm trying to get the, uh, the, you know, the suggestions as far as like water landing versus trees versus highway, where would you put it in, uh, in the top five there? So grass landing or field, maybe a parking lot, if you were lucky enough to find it. And then, where where do you go? What trees, water, and then roadway type thing, or what? Well, water is going to be awfully rough, but mm-hmm. it's it, it would be my second choice. There's a couple of different places around us that we would have that option. Uh, but water, uh, although you know you think about it, you just stick your hand in and go through, but it'll it'll mess up an airplane pretty quickly yeah. if you really have to get it in there just right in order for it to uh, to come out okay. Not everybody's going to be able to put it down like Sully. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but it's it's uh, better for, you know, obviously people that are around you. If you're in a busy area, you might have less absolutely. traffic around you in the in a waterway. But it's trickier yeah. for you as a and, pilot. And trees, uh, a house that I used to live at in Michigan, uh, a young man on a solo cross country, his, one of his first solo cross countries, uh, he actually uh, ran out of fuel stalled the airplane and landed it in the top of a tree now really? if he could do that it's really nice he climbed down the the tree and and walked up to the house and said hey can i use your telephone <laughs> um, <laughs> and the people thought uh, so, excuse me 
Yeah, and then they went out in the backyard and saw the tree, uh, saw the airplane up at the top yeah, of the tree. Not a but, lot of pictures um, went uh, viral, the whole thing. All right, well, look, it depends on where you're at, but obviously you need to think about this stuff uh, depending on where you, you know, happen to be flying in the country or the world. All right, more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. So, you gonna ride shotgun with me, help me fly? That's the plan. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis and Keith. And from AOPA, we even have Tom Haynes helping us out today. All right, so we've kind of, you know, taken this flight path today to talk about, you know, what happens if you get into a situation and you do have to you land your airplane, like this guy in, in Quebec who ended up landing it on a highway up there. And uh, and, and actually, I, I don't think it could have went any smoother because he did just kind of land right in the middle of, uh, you know, some other cars as far as traffic. But it just like there was space for him. He just put it down between the, the wires and the cars. And, and uh, hey, it was just like any other SUV driver. He didn't, yeah. didn't signal his turn or nothing. He just right. dropped right in. Exactly. And uh, it, was, it was pretty ironic. I mean, it probably happens more than we know. We just don't usually get to watch the video uh, like this because, uh, you know, obviously somebody was filming this incident. 
that happened that went viral this week. So, you know, where you end up putting your plane down if you were to have a an engine failure or in his case, you know, he thinks it was carburetor icing, uh, you know, in Orlando, we, you know, we have a local situation where we do have a lot of lakes and water and, and things that, uh, you know, as far as Captain Keith is concerned, that's the second place other than like an open field that you put a plane down if you didn't have any other option like getting back to the airport. Is that right, Keith? Yes. Golf course, open field, something like that, yes. Right. Then then go to the water. Then go they to the water. The expressway is, expressway is last. Okay. Which was surprising to me because, I mean, yeah, that'd be much better for the people uh, if you're trying to land your plane on a on a road and there's other drivers. I get that. But, boy, the water landing or the trees both sound like a, a bad uh, ending for the pilot side of things and i I was always kind of like it could certainly end up that way it could it certainly could yeah Mm -hmm. but you know i i was always taught you know we take the added risk when we fly so you know try not to put anybody else on the ground at risk yeah uh, if you do have a problem right but then once you land in the water in particular especially here in florida you have that added adventure of having to deal with alligators (laughs) so if if you survived the water landing, and then you know the first thing I would be thinking of, like, "Hey, I'm alive! Yay, I did it!" Uh, and then I'm like, "Uh oh, where are the gators?" I'd be like freaking out. You know what I mean? And then I was like, "Okay, do I swim for it?" <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Well, I I would I, I would be more concerned about the fact that I don't know how to swim than about what? the gators. <laughs> There's that. Yeah, Keith has some issues. I don't know, Tom, have you ever had that kind of conversation with your friends there at AOPA? Are they, do they feel the same as far as water landings and uh, versus fields and, and uh, roads and stuff or what? Yeah, well, of course, it's a great great thing for, for um, hangar discussions, uh, mm-hmm. debating uh, those kind of things about where would you go, what would you do. You know, Beach is another place that we pilots talk about uh, whether you should attempt to land on a beach or you know if there are a lot of people on the beach can you land just in the water if actually if hey right in now in florida the beaches are wide open that'd be perfect with the exception of jacksonville i'd be like right. and maybe some of the other beaches are starting to open now too so you got to yeah. know in advance but hey yeah the beach but, would be but pretty you're probably going to get fined for being on the beach so well you know if it's thousand bucks or less you're doing at least as good as a guy in uh in quebec but yeah, it, it is a, a hanger tie, hanger talk type of uh, discussion because right. there, there's no necessarily right or wrong answer per se. It kind of depends on your local, you know, situation or flying situation or what, Tom. Yeah, well, it is, and uh, and and also, I mean, just what what are the circumstances? What's nearby? What are your options? You know, obviously, if you're in the middle of the state somewhere, beach is not even a consideration, so you don't even True. have to think about it. But if you're flying along down the, the coast, it is something to keep in mind. Uh, there are some you know, self-appointed experts on uh, ditching and that sort of thing that say that their first choice would be water and mm-hmm. then way, way sooner than they would attempt landing in trees, for example. And, um, and I guess then it depends on also kind of the size and how much inertia do you have? How good are you controlling the energy of the airplane? You know, yeah. can you stall the airplane right at treetop level and are the trees big enough to support you in the airplane? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are, you know, maybe that's not a bad solution, but who can really do that and how would you ever possibly uh, practice for that. there's only one way to find out that's right <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing too is do you have a retractable landing gear aircraft or do yeah. you have a fixed gear aircraft that's yeah, right if you have a retractable gear aircraft putting it down the water is not going to be near as much of an issue as it is with fixed gear 
It's like skipping stones, keep- right? You can just skip right along the top of the water, hopefully, and and come to a nice, cool ending. Uh, but if you have the retractable, I mean, if you if you have fixed wing, uh, you do have the problem of uh, possibly you know catching the water with your wheels or something, just flipping that plane over immediately, right? Yes, exactly. Which would and be that's bad. Where the danger. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in your case, that's- Keith, since you can't you can't swim. So do you prefer the trees over the over the water landings just in your specific case? <laughs> or, no, I would I would still take the water. Okay. Yeah, all right. Cuz yeah, you get and back most of, most of the Florida lakes are not uh that deep, so I can stand up in the majority of them, so I'm not <laughs> well, worried about that. Well, that's true. He is a tall <laughs> man. Yeah, but what about the gators? I mean, does that worry you at all or no? Uh not really, no. No. You don't think uh they would come after you? <laughs> You say, hey, what was that? No. All that racket, hey, you know. Uh, that, but, I, I, it's not the dinner bell. Yeah, I no, mean, really, no. I'm telling you, I, it'd, it'd just be, it'd be the worst uh, situation ever because, like, like I said, you'd, you'd land in the water and you'd be so proud you made it. You know, of course the the plane might be trashed, but you you survived it, you did it, and then you're like, oh crap. <laughs> it'd be, you know, I guess it'd be the same thing with the trees. If you were able to land and you and you land, he's like, "Hey, I'm here." Okay, wait a minute. Now, what am I going to do? <laughs> right. And then you then you step outside. Right. First step is the first step is a doozy. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. There's some definitely is some issues with both of those uh, emergency landings, but hopefully you won't have to deal with either one. And uh, and if you do, maybe you'll have an open field or or a road that doesn't have uh, any traffic on it. Yeah, living out in the boonies, the roads might be a little bit more uh, enticing in that regard. All right, well, that'll have to do for this week. Till next time, remember, there is no better high and learning, learning to fly. To fly. To fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. Hi, some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. <laughs>